Hey, what's going on? It's Rico, co-host of the Made in China podcast, CEO of Sourcefine Asia, and the host of the Sourcefine Asia YouTube channel. Just coming off of my 27th birthday, which was yesterday, uh, April 3rd is the day, and uh, took time off, was able to acquire a new MacBook, which is um, this is my first recording on the new MacBook. This is a little bit of an intro. Um, well, it's an, it is an intro, obviously. The this week's podcast, I sat down with Michael Michelini for on my podcast. I think this is the third time he's been on my podcast. I've been on his podcast three times as well. Yeah, so I've been on the Global from Asia podcast twice and the China Business Cast. Um, so actually, he just released uh, an episode that we did because we we recorded on the same day. Um, that he just released that about two weeks ago or a week ago. And again, it's the Global from Asia podcast. It's Global from Asia 2.0, so they restarted it. And that's basically what this podcast was about. He sold China Business Cast to somebody. Um, so he's only doing the Global from Asia podcast. And you know, if you guys listen to his podcast, he's he moved to Chiang Mai about six, seven months ago. So we were we were catching up, talking about you know the transition because he's got two children and, and a wife, obviously. So what is that like? Why did he choose? Chiang Mai over a place like the Philippines. Um, how has the transition been? What are the you know the, the the advantages and the negatives? And of course, how he's still working with China despite not being in China for for such a long time. Um, you know, future plans in terms of the cross border summit. There was supposed to be a cross border summit in Colombia. We got some updates on that. What's going to happen with that? And there's potentially a cross border summit that's going to be in you know Guangzhou this year. And then. Uh, you know, there's some other events going on in Chiang Mai. So it was just a really interesting podcast. I think this was a podcast, the running theme of, of this podcast was more about the non-digital nomad family. So obviously we have digital nomads, right? But he's chosen to live in China and now he's going to live in Chiang Mai. He's not going to be moving his family around all the time. And, you know, what is that like when you have, you know, two children and, and, and you know, a young wife and everything um, or a young family in general, and uh, you're trying to run your business remotely in Southeast Asia as a foreigner. Um, so I think it's a very interesting podcast, a little bit different. Me and McLean are like now pretty much good friends, so it was um, us catching up, talking about business in general. Definitely check out the interview that I did. I was talking about, on his podcast, I was talking about the transition how to manage um, your business outside of China, some of the issues that I'm going to face. Some of the things that I discussed in that episode was about payments and things like that. And I've actually figured out quite a few of those issues since. Like I, we started using um, Go Remit, which allows you to transfer USD and HKD um, into their Hong Kong account and then transfer RNB directly into China, which is one of the most difficult things. Anyway, so this intro is going a little bit long. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So, um... You sold China business guests. <laughs> yeah. So how did that how did that come about? And you know, 
I, I don't know anything about it. So like I saw I saw one episode of your like major announcement. Sure. We can start there. Basically I've been kind of uh restructuring, reorganizing all the stuff I do. So it's basically, you know, I think you know everybody knows I do a bazillion things and uh I got a pretty awesome opportunity to work with some other Amazon sellers and just go all in on building a kind of like a f- investment fund incubator or owner of a lot of different Amazon brands. So part of the condition was I had to be all, all in, uh, at least for a certain amount of time, which we weren't sure how long would be, but at least for a, f- a while. And then, it, you know, we have a, I have a co-host on the show in China Business Cast, Shlomo, which you know, and he, I had explained to him about that and said, uh, maybe I got to step aside, you know, maybe, maybe you can take over or, or pick up the reins. And he was, you know, kind of surprised and, uh, not, you know, shocked because, you know, I've, we've been doing that for years together. And so he's just like, oh, I, I can't really imagine me doing this without you, you know, we're in this together. And we were just talking about options, and then we just said, "Hey, let's let's see if we could uh, find somebody find somebody to help uh, take over, take the reins, take the show." And mm. yeah, and then so who did you find? Yeah, it's he's uh, he's in the community. John's Slemmer. He's a Dutch entrepreneur in in Chengdu, China, and he's a listener. And he's a uh, he's also act. You know, he's also involved with things that I he knows both of us and our businesses and. He had been a you know supporting the show on Patreon and other things too, and so Shlomo actually reached out to him first. I think they talk pretty often or talk regularly, and and uh, he mentioned that this was an opportunity. We were also talking to a few other people, so like I think you asked when we were chatting if uh you know if we sold this on a like a broker or a platform, but we didn't. Yeah, I guess we could have gone to one of these brokers, but you know obviously it's it's not really the it's not like a it's kind of a very specific asset. So we were just really going in uh, to referrals and people we knew and introductions. And, and yeah, so John's, um, yeah, of course, obviously there's bargaining and back and forth. Um, but yeah, it was a transaction and uh, a transition. And yeah, the domain's out of my account. The, the hosting of the shows have moved over. And uh, yeah, everything, the feed, everything. So yeah, it was... Um, that was one thing that happened. Nice. So, uh, what's the reaction been from your listeners? So we have some, you know, we have some community involved. We actually, and we also have some team involved. Um, mm-hmm. I think they could, uh, they supported it. I mean, we we they want to continue to listen to the show and the content. And John's brings in a fresh new perspective, and he's based up in you know more central China and Chengdu. So he's also been, you know bringing in different types of guests because, you know, we're more like South, you know, like, like you, you know, we're like more in the South. Uh, like a lot of content was South China or maybe, maybe the first tier cities. John's the same. He's yeah. going to try to dive deeper into second, third tier or, or more inland type uh, business and opportunities, which is awesome. Right. Cause he's in Chengdu. So I think the response from the, listeners in the community we have some you know we also have some groups like WeChat groups and others and they're they're all supportive and excited and uh and wished us well wished uh shalomo and i really well we're, we're still in the community and still supporting and excited and we might come back on the show in the future too 
Nice. So this it's just a China business cast, right? Yeah. What about the GFA podcast? Well, yeah, I mean, basically everything everything was uh, at least on hold, or it could have been could have been sold or transferred during this uh, transition. But of course, GFA is a little bit, you know, part of me. So it was just kind of like promising everybody it was going to be on the last show, the last show. Actually, it was Christmas Day in 2018, but. Uh, Obviously, you could always, you know, and there's obviously other podcasters and bloggers and, you know, content creators that uh, could make a comeback. And uh, but yeah, it's been on, it's been on, uh, it's been on ice. It's still been online, but uh, I haven't put a show on for a few months, which you know is obviously very weird. So I've had listeners and people in the community ask me, you know, are you alive? <laughs> yeah, what the heck, what the heck's going on? It's because it's been over five years with the show. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Your GFA podcast was, I mean, I've talked about this before the last time that when we've, when I was on your podcast and stuff like that. Like I listened to it in my last year of college. It was the, one of the only China business focused podcasts. In fact, it might've been the only one besides the China business cast. Um, and yeah, it was like very consistent for five years. I can imagine a lot of people that became part of their routine and you almost become like a friend or like a part of the family. Yeah, yeah. So I had gotten some messages similar like that there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just beginning to get to that now because like we, uh, we've always, we had an editor for the past two years, but the year before I was only releasing an episode every two weeks. But now like I have an editor who's like kind of salaried mm-hmm. and we're releasing an episode a week and we've been consistent with that for probably, I want to say six to eight months. So I think now it's that thing where it's like if if we're releasing an episode a day late, like people notice. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, now I get like regular feedback from people that are constantly listening every week. And I think we're part of people's weekly routine. So I could imagine if you just drop out for a couple of months, people are going to be like, well, what's going on? Sure, man. So, yeah. Yeah, but I'm planning, 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 some, some, I'm not sure. I, you know, Still kind of preparing, but uh, planning to, to to make a new in, new comeback. So, mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes it's healthy to take a complete stop. I mean, I just head first into uh, some Amazon projects and uh, just just totally on one thing for almost yes, yeah, like you know, three four months, just day and night, mm-hmm. which is also kind of kind of cool. But uh, I kind of got past that milestone in that and. Uh, Getting freed up to also go back to my, it's in my, it's in my blood, man. Since content, yeah. so sharing and uh, planning. Still got to pick a date, but in March it'll be back. Which isn't. Which brings me to one other thing that we were talking about is I met uh, Mark, uh, who's like a now I guess a mutual friend. Like you're working with him with Amazon stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what I've been working more on too. While. Yeah, so he's a partner with me in the in the Sistano coffee accessories mm-hmm. brand on Amazon, and uh, yeah, he's such a such such a small world, man. Because, <laughs> like I met him completely unrelated to you. It wasn't like I didn't even know that you knew each other, and then we were talking, and I was telling him a story about uh, like an event that I went to, and I think I was talking about the global uh, global from Asia summit and uh, cross border summit, and then. He was like, "Oh, that's Michael Michelini's thing." I was like, "Oh, you know Michelini?" <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm in Man- I'm in Manila. I meet-, I meet this dude randomly, and then he knows you. I'm like, I can't escape Michael. Man. 
Yeah, we're <laughs> everywhere, man. Same with you though. You're you're everywhere too, dude. Well, I'm growing. I'm trying. I'm trying to get to the to the China business class level eventually. <laughs> I'll be there. So, talk to me about you know. Now you've been in Chiang Mai for how long? Uh, I'm not sure when your show will go on, but basically, I came here in August, end of summer, so mm-hmm. a bit over a half a year, maybe eight months now. Talk to me about life in Chiang Mai. What's what's going on there compared to ten years in in China? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, it's also me as a as a person has changed. Uh, I'm a family man. I think here, mm-hmm. you know, China Mike. You know, I've met up with him a few times. Spoke at one of his events here, and uh, you know, uh, I think as a a family man or family woman person. You know, I think uh, your perspective changes a lot on on, uh, on life and and uh, priorities. So it's definitely not like the China hustle. It's much more laid back. I mean, there's not really any. I don't think there's a single skyscraper here. It depends on what you define as a. Yeah, I think the tallest building in Chiang Mai was like six stories or eight. Stories. Yeah, I think it's maybe yep. yeah six stories. So it's like a town, or of course there's tons of nomads. So the. And I'm, but I'm like, 20, I'm like a half hour out, you know, 20 minutes drive out from the hub of the meetups, but I'm uh, out by Promenade Mall area, which is a little bit remote. They call it like the ghost town mall. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, just, just chilling. I got like my little corner set up in my, uh, in my room, in my, my home office. And I'm just grinding day and night, like uh, just working online. It's got fast internet and yeah, obviously I'm in shorts. Even in the winter, no, sorry, rub it in for your Canadian friend <laughs> listeners in Toronto. But uh, yeah, even compared to Shenzhen, I mean, it's hot here. I mean, you know, I, I never have, I haven't worn pants for a while. I mean, I was in Taiwan, it was freezing actually. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's nice and warm, but I'm, you know, I'm just basically working at home and then just taking care of my kids, you know, to get home at like three thirty, four o'clock every day. And then from, from that onwards, it's, yeah, I'll do some phone calls. I'll sneak into, uh, you know, sneak into my room for a phone call here and there. But uh, it's just working online and family. I mean, I'll go to some meetups. There's so many meetups here. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's meetups like every day, literally. I mean, if for the for the younger single, the old me, you know, I'd be at if I was here when I was single and uh, you know, and and uh, <laughs> and ready to mingle. <laughs> so, so, I'd be at a meetup every day, man. So, you know, so like so you know, nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but I mean, I remember, I remember uh, seeing friends that had, you know, the older crew that had kids, and uh, I was kind of always like, didn't really understand. But now, I guess you all understand when it happens to you. But yeah, when you got to decide to see your kid that's going to be, you know, only five years old for a year, and then they're going to be they're growing up so fast, you just want to spend as much time as you can with them. So mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I just I just came back from Manila, and I feel like it's it's a good time for me to be there. Like, you know, twenty six years old, turning twenty seven in a month. Uh, you know, so it'll be a good time to be single in Manila, <laughs> and obviously, yeah. obviously grinding. Um, so, I mean, the meetups, but you have been going to a couple of meetups. Obviously, you spoke at one of Mike's uh, sourcing table things. Like, yeah, yeah. What's the climate there for entrepreneurship-wise? Because, I mean, for me, when I went to Chiang Mai, I just kind of, I didn't feel like the level of entrepreneurs was necessarily something that inspired me. But maybe you've had a different experience? No, I think uh, when I was deciding somewhere to move to in China, out of China, when I left China, 
of course, uh, I got the comments of, yeah, I guess Chiang Mai has a reputation of being the newbie place. You yep. know, I guess it's gotten really famous online for digital nomads. You know, digital nomads, super cheap. You know, like it's true, it's super cheap and uh, it's super easy life. You know, so I guess those people in corporate, you know, not happy in their jobs are just. It's true, you know. If you most meetups you'll go to, you'll you'll go around the room. What is your name? What do you do? And you're going to meet people that are just coming off the plane and don't know what they're going to do with their life. And unfortunately, that's where some of these people get ripped ripped off because they buy some kind of uh, the courses make money online scheme that just that's kind of like full of crap, you know. And and they're uh, they're looking honestly. There's a market. Like I spoke a couple times, and and I don't even sell you know, actively coaching and, you know, I'm not really trying to get this like personal coaching kind of uh, business and people come up to me after like, what's your, what's your, you know, could I buy a consulting session or a coaching session from you? And I'm just like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not really doing it like that right now, you know, like, mm-hmm. but uh, I think a lot of them truly are newbies, but they, on the other side, you know, if you talk to some others in Chiang Mai that have been here a while, they'll just say the the more experienced old older people, even like me, right? I'm not going to a meetup every day. So, you know, a lot of the more experienced people are here just to enjoy the, uh, enjoy the lifestyle and living, you know, you can say Chiang Mai, but there's people live out like Pai, which is a couple hours away up, you know, it's like a hippie hipster kind of place. And uh, I've still yet to go to, but it's just people just live up, you know, you just have a nice big mansion mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you're not really looking to network. So it, and what I know is a lot of the organizers that do meetups here are trying to pull the older experienced crew, but the older experienced crew is kind of like, ah, I don't feel like going to a, a meetup or a newbie. You know, I don't really want to meet new newbies right now. So, but it is true. I mean, that is true. And uh, I got that feedback from friends too that it's, were trying to discourage me from moving here. But <laughs> I actually moved here. That's why I said I've not been so active in the community. I'm trying to be more online based anyway, but I'm also you know, here for the kids, the school, like, you know, we, I don't think your listeners are interested in school options, but <laughs> I'm sure if people look, there's a, a lot, a lot of schools here uh, at de- decent pricing. And because it's kind of like a suburban city where even local Thai people come here with their family from Bangkok and other expense cities and move here for like the more laid back suburban family life. So there's tons of these like houses you can get and, uh, and schools, districts, and stuff like that. So that's that's what attracted me here. But it, it is somewhat true. Like it is kind of got that aura of newbiness. If you go to a lot of the meetups, uh, uh, I don't want to disrespect the organizers. You know, uh, they're they're doing great. They're really helping these people. You know, I mean, they use but yeah, it's true. A lot of people just this is their first destination when they quit their job and uh, try to figure out how to to make their online business, they come here. Yeah, which is like a good and a bad thing, right? Like, because it does create a climate of, if you're starting off, being able to be surrounded by a lot of people that are in the same position as you. But then for somebody like myself or somebody who's looking to meet people that are more successful than themselves and, and inspired, it might not be the best situation. I, I think you and China Mike were kind of like in a similar position, right? Because he's spent, eight years full-time in China and then, you know, he's got a family and you also have a family yeah. and Chiang Mai was like the perfect place for him to like introduce his family to, to Southeast Asia. And then for you, it's perfect, exactly. the perfect place to like kind of work remotely. Plus, and, and you know. Plus there's tons of Chinese here. I guess they're everywhere, but I, 
I don't know. They, there was a movie in Chinese about Chiang Mai, like a romance or love story movie that was really popular. Mm. My wife told me and it, a few years ago and it brought tons of Chinese here. So <laughs> that's another point for me is uh, my, well, not even, not even just my wife, even me or even my kids, you know, there, you can get a lot of China options, China language options, China food options. Yeah, I guess you could probably get that in Asia, even in America, you can go to Chinatown, but I still feel like there's a, a lot of Chinese coming here too. So you get that little bit of China feel too. Do you, uh, did you ever consider like a place like the Philippines or like India? Yeah. Uh, like, so do, why not? Manila. The big, uh, Why not? The big difference. Uh, well, Manila, I was there in uh, July last year. Mm-hmm. We went with my wife. The story is we went to four places. We went to Chiang Mai, Manila. Well, Manila and Cebu, really. Mm. So I did some training there. And then and then um, KL, Malaysia. And then up to Kathmandu, Nepal. Crazy one. But my wife <laughs> is into Buddhism. And, and there's some kind of like the home of Buddha. Which is not even in Kathmandu. We had to fly. That was a wild trip. That was pretty wild. But uh, <laughs> uh, so those were like some of our shortlisted four places. And then for Manila specifically, there's one one really good international school in BGC where Mark's hanging out and a lot of other yeah. nomads. I'm yeah. not sure if that's was, where you're was, at in Manila. I stayed in BGC my last week. Yeah. So that 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 uh, that does seem like a top place to be, but. I mean, I lived in Shenzhen and I sometimes live in Sheko and I feel like it's somewhat similar to like bubble feel where you're in this BGC bubble. Mm. One, because of traffic. Yeah. But two, because of the lifestyle and, the, you know, you can walk everywhere. And mm-hmm. But uh, the, the school was about more than I was paying in Shenzhen. I mean, of course, it's good, but it's an international school. Um, and then the weird thing is if I went to a local school there, because a lot of like, I have local Filipino friends and, of course, staff. Um, and they're trying, they were really hoping I'd pick it, but the local schools, of course, they speak English. I mean, Filipinos is like what they say top three or four in the world for English mm-hmm. language. Uh, and but the school calendar is really totally crazy different. Like, I can't remember exactly, but I was looking at like a local school, or maybe it was like a not really local, but it was more like a locally run private school, which was. Crazy cheap, man. Crazy cheap. Like, I don't even know, like thousand bucks a year, two thousand bucks a year, like something like this. But uh, they said, Oh, you're here. And we don't have fall semester. We have like, they start their school year in like March. And then it's like, then it finishes in like July. No, it's, I don't know. It's something totally, totally different than fall semester, spring semester, summer break. It was totally different. And they're like, oh, if you want that, you got to go to the international schools, something like this. So it was a cool school, but, uh, and also the grade system was different. Like it seems like Filipinos started a little bit later or something, or the school, our kids were a little bit more uh, ahead of the kids the same age, something like this. Um, But yeah, it was just, um, and it was only half day. Like they didn't even have full time until they were a lot older. Like even kids in the Philippines just do half day. Again, I don't, I don't know. I didn't look at every single school in the Philippines, but from my research, it was like half day only. We wanted full time school for the kids. So basically, the real short answer is the schools. Schools was, I couldn't find. Uh, that's why, you know, that's why you'll notice a lot of expats, foreigners. You know, they leave. Asia when they have kids because you know international schools 
I don't know exactly what I want to BGC. I forget the name, but I I think it was like 15,000 US a year, a kid, maybe. I mean, I can't remember exactly, but, you know, I'm kind of at the, my budget's kind of like 10 grand a year, a kid is kind of like my limit right now. Like, I don't, you know, 20 grand a year is kind of my limit for two kids. I, so, you know, I don't know if you know, I think in Guangzhou, but in Shenzhen, in Hong Kong, you're paying like 25, 30,000 US a year for kindergarten. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That's, that's insanity. How much for international school? How much was a Shenzhen school? Yeah, I mean, the one I had was a Hong Kong school with a Shenzhen branch that was, so it's not like international. It wasn't technically international, but it was like Hong Kong, a private school, mm-hmm. not public school, but Hong Kong private school. Uh, with one English class a day, uh, and I was paying about eight or nine. But the thing is, it goes up every as the kids get older. Like grade one gets a little bit more, grade two gets a little bit more. Grade, you know, it keeps steadily. And there's like this inflation built into all the schools. So I mean, that's why schools make so much money, man. They require you to pay everything up front, right, for the year. Uh, uh, not not real. I can't remember. I mean, when I was in China, I wasn't too involved with it. Uh, I got more involved now, but of course the schools have these pro- incentives to get you to pay up front, but I didn't have, I think we paid every semester. Um, but, uh, or they always, of course they want the money up front. Um, I pay in Thailand up front because of my visa, but basically, you know, I don't know, this might be boring for your listeners because they're all these single hustling entrepreneurs probably, but it is it is a it is a reason why you'll notice a lot of the uh you'll see it everywhere for not just recently you'll see it for 10 20 years ago you'll see expats unless they're getting corporate packages cuz that's that's it's the corp companies that you know these multinationals like IBM I'm, even if i i don't want i don't want to spend $25,000 a year for kindergarten on my that seems insane to yeah, me it, you know? seems, it seems a bit excessive for sure <laughs> yeah so that's usually why a lot of these expats uh, leave uh, usually because if they're an entrepreneur, do you, you think about it, 25 grand or I can go back to my home country, Europe, America, Canada, whatever, I'm free or even if it's a private school, it's still going to probably be even cheaper than that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that's, that's, that's fucking intense. So like the, the school in Chiang Mai is how much? Uh, I mean, of course, there's different choices. The one I picked is about seven seven a year, seven thousand US a year, kid. It's not it's not too bad. And it's it's different than the one I did in Shenzhen, which was the Hong Kong, it's full English mm-hmm. and one Thai. So I have when I was in the one in Shenzhen, it was uh basically Chinese teachers with like a foreign teacher that would go around different rooms once a day and do English like in multiple rooms for like a half an hour or an hour, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like full English with like my daughter's got this amazing Canadian teacher that's really amazing, and uh, my son's got an American teacher. And then there's like a two TAs, like a Thai TA and a Filipino TA teaching assistant, and it's just like so much. And their English is like unbelievably better since just the last you know eight months we've been here. So is that school, the teachers is that school the same school that Mike had his daughter in, or no? I think he he goes to a different one there, I believe. But uh, yeah, we talked about it. There's anyway. I'm not sure about the school he goes to, but like I said, there's just so many schools mm-hmm. that uh, I have a lot of friends. I don't, I don't have any friends that have this school, but um, there's just so many. Like literally, I have another friend that's 
moving down here. And he's found a school like 10 minutes from my school. And he's like, tell me about it. He might move near me, but it's not the same school. Um, things like that. But of course, I don't want to share the name of the school on the, on, on the internet. So I'm not yep, yep. going to say names. It's but, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, no, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Like, I, I guess it does make a lot of sense. Like, I guess when people decide to have a family, then it's the education of the kids becomes a priority. Um, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. basically all that seems to matter as a parent. Yeah. Almost, of course, health. And then the other, but the negative has been this stupid burning season, which is just starting. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard about that. There's no, perfect place it seems <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's the thing is like folks i loved i fell in love with manila like but at the end of the day the traffic is insane um it's yeah, like, ridiculous exactly. and then also uh you know no offense to people in the philippines but it seems like people operate on island time like if you yeah. everyone's late for everything so <laughs> so yeah. yeah so it's like one of those things where it's like you know bgc is great like even Makati, which is like a little bit more rugged, but the city's amazing. People are great. The food food is okay, but you can eat at like high end restaurants relatively cheap, and you can get a nice place. But yeah, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something, and as long as the positives outweigh the negatives, then you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's always. I mean, it feels like it's my. I guess I've always been doing it, but especially now, I feel like every conversation I have is about where you live, why do you live there, mm-hmm. what's the pros and the cons. I guess that's life. But what I think is exciting is hopefully, I believe governments are realizing that people have more of a choice. But then some governments seem to be making it like where they try to force us to stay there almost, where some are trying to attract you to go there, some are trying to almost force you to stay there in a way. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it's tricky. So, do you so do you see yourself being in Chiang Mai for the next five years, or is it just kind of like you're taking it as you go? Yeah, I mean, we of course are trying to stay somewhere. We're probably not going to be the digital nomad family. I guess there are some of those, but my wife and I are. We feel like it's better to have a little bit of a stable environment for the kids. So, we are trying to find somewhere longer term. For them, but also for us, it's exhausting to move with a family and travel with a family. I don't know. I've had some trips with the kids, and uh, oh yeah, we're trying to travel less, but we're kind of also knew this burning season would be would be a negative, and we're kind of just at the beginning of it, so we're also kind of seeing how this goes as well. How's your wife liking Chiang Mai? How's she adapting to it? Yeah, I mean, she's also a, she's pretty social. She's a networker anyway, but. She's making some great friends. Like I said, there's so many, uh, there's a huge Chinese community here. There's WeChat groups in Chinese and meetups and events in Chinese and like women of Chinese, maybe not Chinese. I think it is Chinese women events, but um, yeah, she's been networking a ton. And uh, there's honestly, our weekends are in Chinese language. (laughs) Like the kids, usually it's the kids (laughs) and me with her, her Chinese friends that are moms. And uh, I don't really have that many friends friends that have kids here too much or at least we're not as social but usually it's like a like a Saturday lunch with like kids and Chinese women and the crazy story is the men are still in China because they're not like digital nomads like us (laughs) so why crazy right it's a funny story I think your listeners would like to hear but uh I was like, one day, it was like a Saturday afternoon. I'm like, it's, we had been here for a while. And I'm like, how come every weekend I'm here and there's these like women, Chinese women 
and uh, and their kids, and it's me. I'm like the only dude, whether it's a Chinese dude or a foreign dude. I'm like the only dude, or sometimes it would be like another foreign dude, mm-hmm. like that has a Chinese wife. I'm like, Wendy, why are all these women single? Like, do they get divorced, or they die? Husband dies, or like, what's going on? That's she's right. like, she's like, no, they just their husbands need to work in China still, uh, so they come here every month or so. Um, yeah, I knew some, I know some Chinese husbands that are here. It's not like a hundred percent, but it's kind of have been noticing this trend that they're like, well, we don't want our kids and kids to grow up in China, but we can't really find a job in Chiang Mai because nobody comes here to get a job. It's yeah. like kind of got to have your own. Thing, well, it's also so. it's also like known as a retirement place, right? Like I I saw that mm. a lot of um, like advertisements for retirement visas in Chiang Mai and stuff. Yeah, or Thailand in general, I oh, think yeah. is uh, they even have retirement visa. Yeah, they have that whole program, so you'll see a lot of retired people mm. uh, here. But uh, so based back to Wendy, yeah, she's enjoying. It. I mean, tonight we got her, her Chinese friends coming over, and we had Chinese New Year dinner here with like fifteen people and hot pots everywhere, and uh, she's enjoying it. And it's not too far from China, so there's always a steady flow of friends visiting mm-hmm. or colleagues, you know, coming in. She is she working? Uh, not not really. I mean, she's got this weird. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't make opinion, but she's got some uh, unique project of making a Buddhist temple mm. in Chiang Mai for Chinese people. So there's like uh, it's some long term kind of fundraiser project where they want to make like a meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. So, and she she helps me out. I mean, with the we're gonna get the events going again. Took a little bit of a break, but she's really great at the event help, and she's also great at like you know the net, networking and Chinese marketing. She's always still helping me get the WeChat stuff going for our uh, for our content. And still, brands, still managing so. that the the WeChat groups and stuff like that because I, I yeah 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 because I knew she was she was heavily involved in that. Yep. Yep. Speaking of events. Um, What's happening with the cross border? Do you mind talking about the cross border summit? The sure in sure. Colombia situation. Or sure, sure, sure. What's what's up? So, so the Colombia one is exciting. It's still on the it's still on the roadmap. It's uh, it's always about when we could try to do it. Was always the question. We have an amazing partner there, Esteban. He's he's born and raised in Colombia and an American, educated and uh, business and uh, and a big fan of the con- You know of of Asia and supporter of CBS and came out, spoke and supported the last last one in Shenzhen. And he'd been always talking to me about kind of, we'd always been talking about franchising or, or you know, getting involved in the South American market. Um, the big, I guess the big, uh, we were planning to do it maybe in 2019, but the big thing that happened was basically it's, it's uh, it we're trying to get more government support and more government involvement. The strategy is to, because it's a huge thing to do. And we didn't get as fast. And no government seems fast anywhere, but I was even down, I went down there. I went down there and I met some government people. It's kind of funny, right? I'm like meeting the mayor. I met the, these different investment de- departments of the Columbia, uh, you know, invest in Columbia departments. And they're supportive, but just the long process of the discussions and, we got to a point where we felt like it wasn't, they weren't going to commit in time for us to do it in 2019. So um, part of also, you know, my own transition and putting my head down in my Amazon business, I had to kind of, 
make a call to say, let's just push it back, you know, in maybe 2020. And, and uh, we, you know, kind of kept all of our work on file and all of these resources, but we're just, um, we had to make tough decisions to just tell people we had to push it back. And uh, we're planning to do it back in China. Uh, our mutual friend, Mark, Mark Ramos, he's not, has he been on your show? He's not been no, he's, he's not so he's, active. He's, uh, you know, I've been trying to get him on, but you know, you know how he is when it comes to mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like you <laughs> might not even want me to say his name on this. Yeah, on this show. Well, I, I, yeah, no, I think he's fine with that. But he's just like, yeah, I don't. He's like, he's go, but he goes back and forth. Like he's like, I think basically what I need to do is next time I hang out with him, I'm just gonna carry my recording equipment and then just record our conversation nice. or something. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll do yeah. guerrilla style. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, basically. He's going to help us out in Guangzhou. And uh, I know, you'd, you know you, you've you know come out to Shenzhen from Guangzhou when yeah, you were there. And, I want to be involved in that. Like so I, I was talking it. to Mark about that um, before, like a couple months ago. Um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I can help. I can help putting If it's in Guangzhou, yeah. it just makes sense for me to be, you know, to be. Yeah, we will. Yes. We will. We got. So I can't say the exact date on right now, but maybe if you want to add it to your notes or you can keep your listeners updated as it comes. We're looking at October for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. we got enough time. He's got some speakers lined up. I got some speakers. I got sponsors already like really excited to contribute. Like Insight Quality is amazing. You know, Andy Church is already on board to support us, sponsor us He's and others. Been on the podcast. And, yeah, Andy's great. And so others also. So basically um it's it's we don't have the exact date, but but uh, yeah, well, let's get you involved more. Let's let's make that happen too. But yeah, it's going to be better than ever. I mean, so actually, I was in Taiwan speaking at an event. Uh, these um, Andy uh, from Singapore, he's uh, invited me out there, and he's excited to help promote it in Guangzhou in October. And he brings a group from Singapore. So yeah, we're gonna have a. It's gonna be an amazing one. I will get you know sync up with the other events and other uh, organizers like Chris Davey and others, and make sure everything is lined up for everybody's best interest and uh, it's going to be an amazing one I'm sure yeah yeah and as I said on WeChat I was like it just makes so much sense to host it in Guangzhou because it's like if it's around the fair uh, I think what was what was happening before was that people would choose to come in specifically for the cross-border summit to like Shenzhen and then yeah and then go to the fair afterwards so you kind of have yeah. to have the the event around the fair but in this situation it's like well they can come to Guangzhou come to a cross-border summit one day next day go to the fair like it's not you know yeah yeah, I mean, we're, uh, I guess, you know, I have people always ask why Shenzhen. And of course, I lived there, but I also felt like we always were left out as the people in Shenzhen. Mm. Plus, there is a, there is a lot of sell. I, I, there's some that are going to be a little bit disappointed because there's a lot of sellers that don't go to the fairs that are based in Shenzhen. A lot of sellers don't go to the Canton Fair or it- Hong Kong fairs. So people um, that have been before who don't see the don't see much value in it, like like myself, really, I don't really go to the. Actually, I kind of liked it being in Shenzhen in the sense that you know, just you go to another city, go to a little conference, yeah, a little like mini work vacation type thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have to we we'll to get some of those Shenzheners out of Shenzhen. You know, they're some of them are pretty big. You know, they're pretty successful sellers, and they just don't want to leave the. They don't leave. Well, of course, never. But they, you know, we'll have to. I think there'll be a good enough reason to get them, get them out, mm-hmm. get them out of there for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a good event. Um, it's going to be amazing. I'm yeah, a- we actually are spinning it off to its own website. You know, I used to. Another big thing I did after the last few months was, I'm kind of spinning off a lot of these products or projects into 
dedicated. I had the domains. It's not like I didn't have the domain, but I used to just redirect all the domains to a Globe from Asia page. Yeah. Um, which we could talk about strategies, but I felt like it was better for SEO and authority site. But basically, when we people couldn't find stuff, to be honest, I think you you probably told me that too. There's just so much in one site, like so. We kind of uh, actually, kind of went the other way. I was actually going to so talk on. to you about that because I'm redesigning our website, and I like I think I like the fact that our website is quite simple. And then I was like, well, McLean has like fucking hundreds of pages. <laughs> I was like, how does he feel about that? Like, how do you... So, yeah, I mean, one of the big updates, I'll probably say on the first show when I restart Global from Asia is, uh, for me, with Global from Asia, it's just going to be a pure play media site, like content only, purely. Like, and we'll just be promote, promoting or, you know, uh, announcing different products and projects, services. So, mm. Even GFA used to kind of, I mean, I guess it has info products like courses and stuff, but um, some other things can be happening. Like we're spinning out the events into their own sites, like of course, specifically crossbordersummit.com. But uh, there's even the matchmaker, which will come out to a subsite and the gladiator into a subsite. And we're actually taking a membership and making it crossborderassociation.com. Or .org, I have both of them decided. But um, also even the services is Unipro, technically. A lot of people don't even know that, but even the services, because originally it used to be done inside GFA, but we have a partner. So basically everything's, I haven't decided the name of the first podcast when I announce all this, but basically it would be like just, just breaking into tons of pieces, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I don't know, we'll see what happens, but with also different, different product managers, you know, different leaders and different people, because, you know, I can't also... I want people to feel like more ownership. You know, I think even the community, we have the private forum for GFA called it VIP program, but people couldn't even figure out how to log in. I was talking to some members and so we're just going to spin it all off into separate pieces. And it kind of goes, honestly, it technically kind of goes away from my SEO strategy, which uh, has served me well. But I think for usability, you just tell people, Oh, you want this, go to this website. You want that, go to this website, you know? And, uh, It'll probably, I don't know, it's, but I guess it'll make it even bigger later once those all build up into their own medium-sized sites. Then I guess it'll make it even bigger network. But it depends, I guess, on your strategy too. Like, But I kind of actually been working on that on a side. On a week, it's my weekend project last few months is just making all these separate websites. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of be announcing that and they're probably not even all totally finished right now, but um, even Mark's kind of gotten into crossbordersummit.com and and uh, tweaking some of that stuff. Where we have to, where we did that was we had mini sites built into each one of crossborder summits. So we have the Columbia pages and we have the China pages. Anyway, yeah. So I guess the for your site, I guess it, but it also just depends on what's the. Uh, I think maybe what happened with GFA was. Each one of these are separate businesses, technically. Yeah. And, you know, I guess, but then Amazon has a bazillion, you know, Amazon, look at Amazon, they have subdomains. So like they have subdomains, right? I guess sellercentral.amazon. Well, I guess for sellers to log in, but they have a Kindle, they have, a, but then they also sometimes have Audible. And Audible, is Audible on audible.com or audible.com? Audible so I don't know how they also decide, but uh, I guess maybe well, the way to think about they- it is to. Conversion, the conversion, conversion yeah. 
it's probably the, what you should do. Didn't they buy on. Audible though? It didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't start it, right? So like maybe that's part of it. Is it? But still, I think there, well, another example is uh, CreateSpace. Mm. If you know CreateSpace, if you make books, that's the pay, they bought CreateSpace and it used to be CreateSpace.com. But last year they just merged CreateSpace with the Kindle program, KDP okay. program. So actually, if you look at that, uh, it may not worth linking to, but CreateSpace.com is basically, I don't know if it's redirecting, but I think it's still saying you need to log in now with your Amazon account. It's not, it's still there, but it says, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It just says, um, log into your Amazon account now. Hmm. It's just a, it's just a landing page now. They didn't redirect the real one. You can still go there, at least as of this recording, but uh, probably in the future, it'll just forward to Kindle's kdp.amazon.com. So yeah, I mean, but then you think also about Alibaba. They have AliExpress. They have that's a separate website. I think it's maybe the business model or the conversion. I but it seems like nobody has the perfect answer. Um, you know, there's the, the the nice part of it being one site is you can use the same login. You can kind of like share resources and and really focus on especially the link building. You know, and the link juice and uh-huh. uh, the authority. You know, because that's uh, but it's tricky. I mean, it's a tricky answer. I don't think there. I don't think any internet marketer could give you a specific answer. Um, it also depends on your budget, right? Because it takes time and money to maintain all these sites and uh, mm-hmm. and everything too. So, so you're gonna make global for Asia just purely content. Are you still blogging? Yeah, I mean, we have blogs. I'm even. Yeah, we have. It's actually that's still been going because there's just so many already written. So that was still going like once a week. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the blog has been really successful as far as traffic uh, and and you know branding. People still find a lot of our stuff and search for on the blogs. So yeah, I mean, that's been going, and uh, we getting a lot of people writing guest posts. You you contributed to a lot of people will want to write, you know, and we are pretty strict on our requirements too. So yeah, I mean, blog will be going for sure. Yeah, I mean, I still get like I realize for me, I think our core focus is the podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, I do, blogging is not something that I'm interested in doing. I, I did a little bit, but I feel like it's it's one of those things. Like if you didn't start blogging ten, not ten years ago, but like five, six years ago, whatever, like it's very hard to build up. I think. Whereas like with the YouTube stuff, we've been doing the YouTube consistently for a year, and even with just like 300 subscribers, we we get a lot of um, a lot of traffic to the website, but also a lot of inquiries from 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 YouTube. You know, so. It's a little bit. I think cool. it's a little bit faster and uh, to build up, but I mean, you guys have been doing it for such a long time. I still get inquiries sometimes who say they found me through, through you, you know, through global nice. and stuff. So yeah, definitely awesome. keep that going. So are you going to? You used to you used to have the, the vlog which you you shut down sometime last year. Are you going to? Yeah, be I mean, starting all- uh, like a vlog or or what's what's your plan? With I mean, uh, that one I'm. Honestly, I agreed to do this. I don't know. Actually, not, everything's been totally figured out as of our show recording. But I that one uh, maybe will take longer to get started again. Or I definitely feel like I want to do it a little bit differently if I started again. In what sense? Maybe 
I'm 50 50. I mean, I think actually, so many people want the vlog back, actually. Hey, um, you're a good vlogger, man. I also feel like, well, I'm just sitting at home all day. Mm. I guess I could record it, but you're not as active as when you're in China going back and forth between Hong Kong and Shenzhen. And all yeah, that. I mean, there was more like hustle. I'm hustling, man. I'm still hustling, but it's not like it's not like traveling. Mm. You know, I think the blog, blog, you know, is more about where you're at, what you're doing. Um, I'm thinking maybe if I started it again, or maybe it wouldn't be as often, but but uh, I also feel like I need a more, I guess what's the, I don't have, I didn't have like a clear call to action in it. I guess mm. it was kind of brand building and awareness. People would hear about the events, people would hear about the podcast or the content or different products or services we're doing, but it, it was hard, it's hard, really hard to measure. And it did take a ton of my, even though I had a really amazing editor to still around to help uh it's still a lot of mental bandwidth mm. to make whereas i think with a podcast or I mean, it's a little bit easier right like we just we not just but well, we're also got experience doing it but it's a it it's much more easily containable in like start and stop and any well i guess where i guess it, like at least the way i did it was like, was like a whole day kind of thing you know yeah your your vlogs were intense like i i when I was thinking about launching the, the YouTube channel, I looked at some of your vlogs and was trying to deconstruct how you put something like that together. And then in the end, I just decided to keep my shit like really simple, which was just talking yeah, head. Well, that's what mostly. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like if I change it, but... Uh... You could have like different styles. So like what I'm trying to do now is like once a month, we do uh, a new series called On the Factory Floor. So I'll go to like a Chinese manufacturer and interview them or I'll go and like inspect the factory. Then I'll give my, my summary and my rating. And that takes, that takes a full day. Like it takes, you know, two hours to go to the factory, record for three to four hours, walking around and coming back. And then I need to record videos afterwards where I describe what happened and then send it out, send it all to my editor. So it's a, it's a pretty strenuous process and that, that, it, that also costs money. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that once a month. And then I'll do video casts as well. So obviously recorded video recorded podcasts. And then I just do the normal talking head videos the other two weeks of the of the month. So you know, I'm giving at least a little bit of variance with the with the product, but for the most part it's not too much too soon. And then I'll I wanna build up to doing more day in the life type vlogs when I can Yeah. I've had some times where I've had like a I had a PA in Thailand, uh, Tanya followed me around for a while. Mm. And yeah, I feel like I really would be happy to do it again if I had somebody with me with the camera and even not just with the camera, but even after post-production, getting it to the person, ex- even explaining, because you got to sometimes explain this stuff, you know, to mm-hmm. the editors. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, if you're looking for a summer intern, I, I had a bunch of applications. There was one guy that I really liked, but he was... Like I ended up hiring somebody else just because of his schedule, like flexibility wise. But you know, if okay. I could I could shoot you over some applications if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take a look. It's all about management. If that yeah. person can really run, if they could really do it on their own, but uh, yeah, I mean I'll take a look. Why not? Yeah. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about in terms of updates? I feel like we touched on mostly everything. Yeah, I mean, of course there's so much. I mean, there's also the stuff I've been doing the last few months. Like, I probably can't really exact. It's I um, can't really share about it anyway, technically. Um, and there's some product stuff, but uh, as far as yeah, I mean, we, people are probably curious to hear about these updates, and I'm hopefully they're happy to hear 
some of the content will be starting up again and uh, restructuring and uh, I think uh, enough. I think we've filled up people's ears enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people come to this podcast that learn about, you know, how to find a school for their children in Southeast Asia. Yeah, there you I'm go. Setting up a Or somebody can make a service. <laughs> yeah, or somebody can set up a... I don't know. I was just saying, I'm like, man, every time you think about a new city, you're like schools and it goes into like these horrible, crappy school websites and mm. they don't put the pricing because probably they don't want to put the pricing. So you got to contact them. And then, ugh. well, there's even other things that I was thinking about is like, so for example, as a single guy, like moving to Manila, it's like the websites where they have um, housing posts are just not active at all. Like some of the mm-hmm. posts that I saw there were six months old. And I was talking to some of the expats there and they were saying like, yeah, you contact these people and then they don't reply or they reply after three days and they reply about another posting. Like they reply about another apartment, not the one that you were looking at. So I was like, exactly. So I was thinking to myself, well, I, I was think like, they almost do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. They'll post something. It's oh, we don't have that one, but we have this one, which is slightly more expensive or whatever. So I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, what if you had some, what if you had a service for people like, who want to move to a different city or different country, which is a platform where it's like, okay, I can help you get condos. Um, I can help you with schooling. Like just basically getting people set up in new cities, like for the digital nomad who has money or the entrepreneur yeah. or who was, you know, like the only way to figure it out is either to physically go there or to know people that are already there who've gone through it before. You know? There's a couple of websites I, I'm searching now Mm. At least they were coming up. I not. I'd have to check, but they people of course talk to me about this, and they try to have these websites that compares all the pricing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's so much, so much opportunity. Yeah. Maybe a listener will take it up, take us up on it. Somebody set up one of yeah. these services, man, because there's uh, there's going to be a lot of people like you. I think, especially nowadays, yeah, yeah who, who are moving to the Philippines, moving to Thailand, moving to Vietnam, and we just go through the exact same issues in every single place unless we know people. Yeah. So, you know. Anyways, nice. I, I guess we'll okay. leave it there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, sure, I mean, globalfromasia.com has always been online, but uh, it'll be more active with the shows and the content, which will hopefully somehow have to figure out a link to everything else that we've mentioned that with the events and everything on a page. And uh, my personal stuff with the blog, at least the old blogs, is mikeblog.com. Top two thing, top two ways to find me. Awesome. And uh, guys, check out the previous episodes me and Mike have done. I've been on both Global From Asia and China Business Cast. Mike, yeah, is Mike's third time on this podcast. Yeah, um, great. We'll link those up in the show notes. And if you want to see, if you want to see those links, it's sourcefinasia.com slash made in China. Uh, reach out to me at podcast at sourcefinasia.com. And really quickly before I go, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple people that dropped us five-star reviews the first guy uh his name is luke skywalker (laughs) rico's warm and great approach always makes this podcast so great china mike is also always has great insights and mr pumafu (laughs) exactly the info i've been looking for just started listening and i'm about halfway caught up the only negative I have is the audio quality. I hope it gets better as it goes on. Half of the time, it sounds like they're across the room on a speaker. <laughs> I really hope they work on balancing audio levels in post-production in the future, not on par with other interview styles, but in the business space. Other than that, keep up uh, bringing up the amazing content. So 
constructive feedback, but he, he gave us five stars. And I will say this, the first, uh, I would say the first 20 podcast episodes were were pretty up, was up and down. Like sometimes the Skype interviews and then I didn't have a good microphone at the time. And then, then even when I had the microphone, I was, all, I was the one editing it. So I was getting better as I edited. But I mean, if he's listening to this, if he does get to this stage, he's going to notice a vast improvement in audio yeah, quality. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably after about episode 20, I think the audio quality started to like really be on point. So nice. All right. Cheers. See you guys next week. I got a dollar in a dream. Real niggas on my team. Everything ain't what it seems. Hey, I got a dollar in a dream. Real niggas on my team. Everything ain't what it seems. Yeah, I got a dollar in a dream.